The views expressed on this program are those of the producers and individuals appearing on this program and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Sun Prairie Media Center staff, its video service providers, or the staff and elected officials of the City of Sun Prairie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Seed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. My name is Peter Lindblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, DeForest Norskis, Poinette Pumas, and Lodi Blue Devils. You forgot that fourth team for a second, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I was like, did I already say <laughs> McFarland? I was just drawing <laughs> I know I'm going to screw mine up one of these days. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have Sun Prairie, <laughs> East and West, Marshall and Waterloo. All right, there you go. Way to uh, hit all your schools with, you know... <laughs> Pride and passion. Emphasis. So, <laughs> so good job. Uh, happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, episode 35 of the podcast. 35. It was, it was kind of funny. Uh, last week, we were joking before coming on air, uh, and I was trying to remember what episode this was, and luckily, <laughs> Ryan, who's on top of our episode numbers, because, you know, that's the strong suit here. Um, <laughs> and that is my one talent. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, this is episode 34, and uh, my Packers memory was like, oh, this is the Mike McKenzie episode, <laughs> and then Ryan went back Rude. and was like, why wouldn't we call this the Walter Payton episode, and then like a couple minutes passed, and then Peter was like, why didn't we call this the Giannis episode, <laughs> and I feel like karma happened on Sunday when Giannis got hurt, and oh. that was the Wisconsin sports yeah. guy. Yeah, that's what you guys like, get for not giving yeah. Walter Payton his true props that he deserves. <laughs> Somewhere I hope Mike McKenzie's doing well, though. Yes. <laughs> Still got the dreads. Yeah, why not? That's, I, I love a corner. It, yeah. it, it was just so fun. Like, growing up, it was like you had McKenzie and Al Harris, both guys with <laughs> yeah. dreads, and they looked oh, super cool. They did. Uh, 100%. But, yeah, uh, episode 35, spring season, trying its best to get underway. We had some good weather last week, and then everything happened on Sunday. Some <laughs> parts of the state got some snow. Uh, some places got a bunch of rain so a bunch of stuff has kind of canceled a little bit here and there as we record on a thursday most events have canceled because we're supposed to get some storms right now if we look outside it's decent weather but you never know what's going to happen and so we're going to have to see what happens so yeah at least tuesday was good yeah yeah, yeah. i was like i got oh, in a great nice. baseball game <laughs> oh really what'd you see uh marshall and new glares played and uh That'll, that'll be my uh, one of the, one of the things I talk about here. We'll later go on. for it. Get into it right, right now. Well. We're just, we're right <laughs> now, I'm just uh, as they say, just shooting from the hip and shooting the breeze. So <laughs> the, the people have paid, are wanting to hear your thoughts, and they don't want to hear me jab about the weather for thirty minutes. <laughs> well, you know, it was one of those classic back and forth games that typically comes with conference play, and this was the conference o- opener for both of them. And uh, for those of you uninformed about how the Capital South is going about things this year. Uh, they're doing. They're going into a series format, much like the Big Eight does, where they play back to back instead of you know, uh, spacing out all their games. And Coach Shane Murphy said he liked this idea because now it's uh, it's not about who has the best pitcher in the in the league. It's not about throwing your best guy against the best teams and picking up wins. Now it's about more game playing and being like, who are we throwing in the first game, and then two days later we got to play play him again. Who are we throwing then? And so it's uh, kind of more of a competitive balance in the Capital South, which is going to be a cool thing to witness this year. Uh, but the first ga- first game of this one, back and forth as it gets out at New Glarus. Uh, first inning, Marshall goes ahead 2-0. Uh, New Glarus takes back a 3-2 lead in the bottom of the second. Marshall goes back ahead uh, 4-3 in the top of the third, tied up 4-4 in the bottom of the fourth, and then New Glarus takes a 5-4 lead in the bottom of the fifth. That persists heading into the top of the seventh inning. And, you know, Marshall's staring in you know, the first conference loss in the face. Uh, but they tie it up, and then Wyatt Jennings hits a two-run RBI into sing- or RBI single into center field, puts him ahead seven to five. 
but Nuglaris will not go away. And uh, Colin Peterson, who comes in to, in to uh, close the game from second base, pitches a grounder to his former position, second base, error by the backup. <laughs> so, so now he walks a kid, and they bunt them over to third and second. And so there's, no, there's only one out, and I'm like, oh, geez, Marshall's going to blow this, and I'm not going to know how to write this story. <laughs> Peterson turns around and strikes the next two kids out, saves the game, and wins it for Marshall. Just a, mm. a stellar game. You know, from both of them. Jennings also got the start on the mound and put in five great innings for them and a great win to start off conference play for Marshall. They were supposed to meet today, uh, Thursday the 20th. I think that they're, they push it to tomorrow, so we'll see. Marshall's field drains fairly well, so uh, we, we should expect to see them play tomorrow, but the series continues on and uh, these, it'll be interesting to see how round two goes, you know, so close to the first one, which was so dramatic. I also did not know that the Capital South was doing the yep. series. I, it was like it was something I noticed where it was like, oh, this makes sense. You know, they're playing you know back to back, and it's kind of nice as a reporter standpoint because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. they're guaranteed a home game at least once a week, and yep. sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh god, I need to cover this team. So <laughs> they're trying their best to stay true to it. Obviously, it's been a little tr- tough to keep that format just in the early goings of things, but uh, it, it's a you know, they're modernizing, which is good to see. And it's not just like, a oh, we'll play Belleville once in the first week of April and again in late May. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, uh, I got to see a pretty exciting game for the most part. I had to leave a little bit because I wanted to get up to uh, cover Monona versus McFarland Girls Soccer, Cambridge uh, Baseball versus Belleville. Uh, Belleville's kind of a little bit on a downswing this year. Uh, oh, yeah? yeah? I haven't and, seen them yet. They're uh, like 1-5 in five right now. That um, is shocking for Belleville. Yeah, which was very surprising. <laughs> They're always good. When I looked at that, but yeah, maybe it's one of those things that's early in the year, too. They got Life without the Sice brothers. Yeah, w- yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. You lose two yeah. quality athletes. That's <clears throat> definitely tough for uh, them to rebuild. But yeah, Cambridge uh, got up early on Belleville. Belleville almost made a comeback, uh, but Cambridge was able to fight them off each way through. Devin Shushart pitched a really nice game. Um, and then uh, Carter Lund came in for the save in the seventh inning, I believe it was. And then uh, Braden Lund had five RBIs. Kiefer Parrish had a couple knocks and a couple really nice uh, base running moves as well, too. Uh, so, yeah, Cambridge gets the win there. And also good for Marshall as well, too. I know uh, you had put out an article this week where they had a tough non-conference oh schedule where they faced Deerfield and then it was Watertown Luther Prep, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had, like, in, in a span of, like, a week and a half, they played Lake Mills, Lakeside Lutheran, Deerfield, and um, and River Valley. Just, like, they ended up beating River Valley, but that three-game stretch was pretty crazy with all those Capital North teams, and then uh, and Deerfield piled on top of it, so. It also, Deerfield started Cal Fisher, who yeah. picked, who struck out 15 and uh, in a one-hit shutout, I think wow. it was. Yeah, Marshall only lost 4-0. to zero. I Yeah. Mean, yeah, what? they hung out strong. Uh, I forget who they had on the mound, but he pitched really well. Carson Connolly's a sophomore. Yeah. yeah. Like, that kid can play. He was a first-team all-conference selection last year. Mm. Yeah. Very, very, uh, very good uh, pitcher. And, yeah, he did really well, especially with, like, the Deerfield lineup that has got some guys. So, yeah. Marshall's sophomore class in baseball is eyeballs emojis. It is uh, <laughs> something to watch. That team, as they progress and get a little bit more experience and kind of fill into their frames, like, in the next two years, Marshall baseball might be something really interesting to watch. And it's always fun, too, when you, like, look ahead because it's, like, you're just, like, ooh, that's, like, mm-hmm. potentially going to be a really fun ride. Uh, Peter, did you have anything fun you covered this week? I did. I had a, a fun uh, girls' soccer game uh, at the Forest on Tuesday night. Uh, they welcomed Elkhorn um, in a battle of teams that went into the game uh, 5-0-1, both of them. So, um 
DeForest, if you haven't seen them, man, they're they're a fun team to watch. They mm-hmm. are always on the attack. They've got two great uh, attackers at Ryland Oberg and uh, uh, Peyton Flowers. Um, I should say strikers. I guess that'd probably be the best term. Yeah. Um, but they've also got a great midfielder in Karina Kuzdas and uh, Anya Carrillo. Um, and it was it was a really good game. It, it was a, a, a match of contrasting styles. Elkhorn really played a tough defense. Really got back and you know on defense and tried to kind of muck things up in the box. Um, that was what uh, Ryland Oberg said after the game that made it tough for them to score. They really uh, chipped back and, and crowded the box. Um, it was a scoreless first half. Uh, DeForest had the better of the play, better of the chances. Um, they had a, a few corners, um, big scrums in front of the net, just couldn't put the ball in. And then uh, the 47th minute, um, Anya Carrillo from pretty deep uh, in – DeForest's own territory kicked a long ball that uh, and and kind of hit Peyton Flowers right in stride and she corralled it, got past the defender, and uh, kicked it over to Rylan Oberg who was right in the middle of the goal and she buried it and uh, all of a sudden DeForest somehow cracked that defense and you're like ah oh, they're it, it looks like they're gonna cruise now. Moments later, Elkhorn on the counterattack got a girl loose. Uh, and she was uh, on a breakaway. Um, and I hate to say this because I didn't exactly see what happened because the ball got away from her, and she didn't get a shot off. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I, I was kind of writing in my notes, well, Alcorn had a, had a breakaway, but they ju- the chance didn't uh, deliver. And when I looked back up, all of a sudden Elkhorn's taking a penalty kick. And I had, I had no, I, I didn't hear what was going on. Uh, so I, I didn't see it. When I saw the ball get away from her, I didn't see a trip, but that's what uh, evidently was called. Uh, and uh, Elkhorn got the penalty kick. And uh, it, so two minutes later, they tied it up. Um, and it was kind of uh, the same uh, kind of way uh, the rest of the way. DeForest had chances, uh, just couldn't put the ball away. So it ended up in a 1-1 tie, um, kind of a controversial one. There was some uh, uh, yelling back and forth <laughs> a, at the end uh, about that controversial play in the box. Um, I heard uh, one of the DeForest defenders say she tripped over her own feet. So, <laughs> and she was like, "That was one of the worst calls I've ever seen." And so, uh, so that was uh, that made things interesting. It's crazy but, how uh, frequently you see the worst call you've ever seen. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was an interesting game. And talking to I talked to Peyton Flowers and Ryland Oberg after the game, and they talked about that play. And it was interesting uh, how it developed with the the long pass and the goal. And uh, you know, the uh, divorce is off to a five zero and two start so is Elkhorn so um you know DeForest is on its way to having a pretty good season so if, if you can get out they're a fun team to watch and it's it's a non-conference game, and it's a like, non-conference yeah, like yeah obviously mm-hmm. you want to be like a good team like that if yeah. I remember I'm sure Elkhorn probably too very like strong at pressuring the ball as well too mm-hmm. I'm, that's like what I remember from Elkhorn back yeah. in the high school days so it's like extremely strong at double pressuring and just mm-hmm. that's a defense turned to offense but Soccer refereeing is very, very tough, too, yeah. because it's like, especially when I was watching a little bit of USA-Mexico last night, and um, a guy, like, threw his own foot out, or threw his foot out at a defender to, like, trip, and the ref didn't call it, which the 
announcers are like, that's a great call. But, like, in real time, I'm like, oh, God, that's a penalty. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's something I can't do. So, I just yeah. give them. I, <laughs> I can't them, either. Yeah. I give them props. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll just, whatever, I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so that definitely glad to, you guys got to have an exciting week. Yeah. Uh, I've been l- kind of learning some things about my team so far. Yeah. Uh, is you know we kind of progressed into the spring season. Uh, probably one of the biggest takeaways was uh, I had two uh, McFarland track athletes uh, break school records uh, at the Spartan Invite on Friday. So Julia Ackley broke the uh, pole vaulting record and it set it at a new mark of ten feet and nine inches. And then oh my goodness, yeah. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> See, it's funny. Um, you guys say that I'm like terrible at being like seeing how big like of a pole vault like you know how to judge scores i remember back when i first started monona grove had a um track athlete zoe jenks wrecker uh who always would put up insane numbers in the pole vault and my editor at the time jacob would be like she did that like that's insane like you should like be like (laughs) in second place got like three feet less than her or something like that so that's something with like ackley where it's like i gotta keep my eyes peeled for it's like if yeah. like the heights that she's putting up and so yeah she won the event and then also to rachel uh cool I, I don't know if that's the right name how to pronounce that last name i went to the mcfarland try on tuesday and i heard him announce the name but i don't remember it so we're just gonna roll with it apologies in advance yeah 100 <laughs> percent. uh she got second in the long jump uh but still broke the school record new mark now of 17 feet and 17 inches uh, in the long jump, which is kind of insane where it's like you break the school record, but yet someone still found a way to beat you. Yeah. So someone from Madison Memorial uh, had a really Memorial sh- crushed that meet. Yeah, they that was inc- a really incredible. strong meet. Mm. So. Yeah, East was there as well, and I think they took third on the boys' side and fourth on the girls, and no one was catching Memorial that day. They were at the top of pretty much every event. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's the thing I've learned so far with uh, McFarland Track. Again, very, very solid athletes and, uh, yeah, continue to roll in the right direction. But, Ryan, uh, what have you been learning so far from your uh, spring sports seasons? You know, before I get into uh, another thing that I learned, I need to shout out what the Sun Prairie East Cardinal leadership team did on Tuesday. Um, I went out there for uh, a, a PE class, which is typically not something that you do in our line of work. But um, in, in the fall, the adaptive uh, the adaptive Oh, boy. The Adaptive League uh, came to Sun Prairie East and gave them a presentation about wheelchair basketball. Mm. And uh, in the process, uh, members of, the, of that uh, leadership group, you know, football names that you know, um, you know, Connor Stoff, Logan Gross, a lot of, you know, high-level football players, heard the story about uh, one of the volunteers with the group who was a great athlete through middle school and due to some autoimmune issues that she had growing up, uh, required a, you know, uh, transportation assistance and what in wheelchairs for the rest of her life uh, no more you know typical sports and it became uh, and wheelchair basketball kind of saved her life you know it, she was bedridden for almost four years and hmm. getting the opportunity to play wheelchair basketball you know got her up and moving again and so now she has aspirations of playing for team USA with uh, the u25 team hmm. and uh, the, the director of the program put it best that, you know, if you're just using any old wheelchair and trying to make the U national team or the U25 national team, it's like playing basketball and football cleats. Mm-hmm. Like you just need the proper equipment if you want to perform at a high level. And so this leadership group heard about it and they got to work and they got her story and they set up a GoFundMe and they raised $5,000 mm-hmm. and uh, presented her with a check for that on Tuesday morning for her to get her new uh, athletic competition wheelchair. And so... Uh, Sydney Schmidt's her name, and um, 
there's a lot of other names with the football team that I could mention, but you know, if you want to see all the names, go read the story that I put out on the Sun Prairie Star today. Uh, but just such a great story to see that you know now the process begins. She has until uh, October for the team tryouts, and so the chair itself will take you know a month or two to build, and then it, it's just practice time. You know, kind of making the chair an extension of her body, and uh, you know finding a way to qualify for a three-on-three team. And currently, even with a chair that's not hers, she's you know breaking records and really impressing already and so you can only imagine how much better things are going to get once she gets that chair yeah that's a really cool story also uh back at uh when i went to whitewater for college so wheelchair basketball very successful mm. program oh, for yeah. both boys and girls and okay. uh, i got to write a little story about them i remember one time so hmm. it, wheelchair basketball is a lot of fun to oh yeah so great cool. story today and cool. then yeah so definitely go check that out but then also too what are you hearing about your uh, spring sports team so far yeah, we'll move on to uh, Sun Prairie East Baseball. You know, I feel like I never give them enough credit in the early portion of the season because the the standard is so high. You know, when you see the Cardinal on the diamond, you're like, that's Sun Prairie Baseball. But even with, you know, Sun Prairie West is still 6-1. and one. They took half their team and still have had an incredible start to their season. But East is still right there. They're 7-0. and oh. And that includes the 15 to 11 defeat of uh, of Milton, the defending D1 state champ. And I know you said take it easy on the Milton stuff, <laughs> a little bit of a rebuilding year, but still bears mentioning in there. Oh, if I remember, it was Sun Prairie West that beat Milton. Uh, yeah, they beat start, them first. So yeah, and Sun Prairie East also. Yeah, okay. East did the same. All right, you know what? I'll give Sun Prairie its flowers. <laughs> yeah. If we, they both did it, yeah. as we literally recorded a Sun Prairie media center. <laughs> yeah. I yes. Will, good. Good work, Sun Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Cardinals are five and zero already in conference play. They swept La Follette eleven to three and thirteen to one. Swept East thir- uh, seven to three and fourteen to two, and they beat Milton four to one. You know, I haven't really given that gr- that great of a preview for them yet, but just as I said with West, you know, it's insane how many good pitching arms Sun Prairie has produced recently because this death lineup of, you know, Zach Brzezinski, Drew Cavanaugh, Evan Richmond, Isaac Wendler, John Hadley the six, Davis Wetton. I mean, this mix of fireballers and junk throwers and all this stuff, I mean, they can throw an insane amount at you, and if you, know, if you manage to hit one of them, they got – five, six guys waiting in the wings that want to get out there and get on the mound too. And that's been so huge for them. As you can tell with those scores, you know, I don't think anyone scored outside of Milton who sparked for 11, which was, uh, you know, not typical of, of uh, Sun Prairie's defense. Uh, no one scored more than three on them. And uh, the, the bats go crazy too. Guys like Sam Estranga, Max Klusik, uh Tristan Fry, a lot of names that you recognize from last year are back. And, you know, it, it's I, – I want to give them the shout-out mainly because um, – you know, State's still very much in the conversation for them. I think a lot of people ruled them out. You know, coming into the season, uh, the, the preseason Big Big 8 rankings, I think, had Sun Prairie East fourth or fifth. Hmm. Like, of course, Craig and Verona were above them because they're two, you know. I don't know if Verona is, but I know that Craig's ranked in the state. But I think they Craig's put, a powerhouse. Yeah, yeah Craig is yeah. fantastic this year. Yeah. But, you know, they put Middleton over them, which I think kind of struck a chord mm. with Sun Prairie East. They yeah. They do not think that Middleton is a better team than them, and they've uh, they've already beaten them once by three runs. And so, I, I think it's hard for a program with the with the prestige of Sun Prairie East to get a chip on their shoulder. But there's a chip on that shoulder, I think, this year. And so, uh, they're out to prove it. And I, you know, I just really want to give them a shout out and say that you know they they have the guys to do it. They absolutely the state tournaments in play for them. I also love to like you know beginning of the year where it's like 
post preseason rankings where it's like you had we were ranked fourth. We are clearly a third or second ranked <laughs> yeah. team. Like we're gonna prove it this yeah. year. <laughs> I think um, that the East has a pretty decent chance to like challenge Craig. Like I think that they line up pretty good with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And, and the fact that they came out and I think that they said that they were, I think that they were fourth in the preseason standings. I was like, I think that you're just banking on them losing too much to West, whereas mm-hmm. they're, they're they're still right there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Peter, what's uh, been going on in your neck of the woods? Well, if we're going by what we learned, I learned not to judge a team by its first two games because the yep. Wanakee baseball team Tale as old uh, as got, off, got off to a rough start this year after being uh, ranked in the, in the preseason rankings, I believe it was... 12th or 13th, I can't remember. Yeah, speaking but, of Sun Prairie East baseball. Yeah, right. Uh, but they, uh, they've they won four straight, and they took on Arrowhead, uh, who was ranked sixth uh, in the preseason standings, and they went to Arrowhead and they beat them. Uh, a big 7-5 to five win. Um, if you don't uh, watch Wanakee a lot, uh, they're a team – and I think they were they were this way under uh, their old coach, but I think it's even been heightened under new coach uh, Micah Thingvold for the last two years. They're a team patient at the plate, take advantage of the other team's mistakes. Mm-hmm. They have a wealth of pitching, and they they you know try to throw strikes. They're patient at the plate. They try to work the the count. And they did that against Arrowhead, and they did all those things. They made the defensive plays. They they uh, got walks, and they took uh, they capitalized on a lot of uh, Arrowhead mistakes, uh, wild pitches, walks. Uh, but they got a, a few big hits too. Uh, Andy Nordlow uh, came up with a late home run to give them some insurance. Um, they were up uh, seven to three, um, I believe, going into the final inning, and they brought in Jeff. Uh, Jack uh, Shepsky in the sixth, uh, to, who cruised through that inning, um, ran into a little trouble in the seventh, uh, gave up a two-run homer that pulled uh, Arrowhead a little close, but he was able to, to close the door on him. Um, he's been uh, – he plays shortstop for them mostly, but uh, he's also been um, – uh, pitching in relief. And they've got a, f- a few guys who they've been throwing. I, I believe his name is Jake – and I don't recognize that name. I hadn't hadn't heard that name coming into the season, but he's been throwing some relief. Um, Dom uh, Malik uh, has also been able to uh, to throw a little bit in relief. Uh, he worked out of some jams, uh, definitely in the third and fourth to to keep them in the game. So uh, you know, a lot of interesting. Uh, kind of ways they play and I was talking to uh, Ryan before uh, we went on the air and you know they're one of those teams they play really good fundamental baseball but there's not a lot of margin for error there so if if they're not on their game defensively or they have some you know tough pitching it 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 might end up in a loss for them but when they play fundamentally sound man they're they're tough to beat so um getting that win over uh uh, arrowhead was huge and then i watched them for a little bit play watertown on tuesday and uh it was one of those games you know talking to coach thingvold afterwards um they kept the pressure on all game and there were a couple innings early they they got it they they uh, they loaded the bases in the first inning, got a couple runs, maybe thought they should have had a few more because they had nobody out, um, did the same in the second, um, got some runners on, didn't get anybody home. 
and then kind of uh, broke it open uh, the rest of the way. And one of the things they do is they just keep the pressure on. And, uh, you know, I, outside of maybe Jack Shepsky, who's uh, going on to play at Milwaukee School of Engineering, I believe, just signed a national letter of intent uh, last, last week, two weeks ago. Um, I don't know. They all they're all <laughs> running together now, but I know, you know I, had, I had a lot of NLI last <laughs> right? week. So yeah. who's to say if that's on the same schedule? Exactly but. right. But uh, you know, outside of Jack, I mean, he's he's kind of the senior star of that team. But it's it's not a team that has a lot of stars. They they just have a lot of depth, a lot of really good fundamental players. So an interesting team to watch. Um, I'm also going to give a shout out. I don't know how we're running on time, yeah, but uh, time. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to Lodi Softball, who really struggled last year went four and 17 they started out uh, two and two they're supposed to play rival Poinette tonight which would have been a, a good measuring stick game for yeah, no them <laughs> going up against the defending division three uh champs but that oh game you're got, having a strong start to right the year. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah go against Poinette yep but that game got canceled but the, the, probably the most interesting thing that happened was they beat Lake Mills, who was kind of pegged for second in the conference. The interesting thing was they threw freshman Bailey Stark in that game, her first ever start, and she struck out 12. Huh. And they ended up beating uh, them one to nothing. Wow. Uh, so she threw a big shutout in her first match. I, I, that was her first start. She hadn't started at all this year. Um, she, I believe she's the daughter of the new coach, Corey Stark, because mm. um, they've been throwing Vivian Beld and uh, Rowan Scarda uh, most of the time this year. But uh, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, they kind of knew what they had and they wanted to keep her under wraps and they're <laughs> coming up against Lake Mills and said, Hey, we're gonna catch it. <laughs> yeah, take a load of you know, get a load of this freshman. So uh uh she pitched great. So it'll be interesting to see how they use her the rest of the year. I think uh to keep talking about uh softball pitching, I think one of the things that I've learned so far is uh it's really hard to replace like good pitching when it comes to yeah. you know softball teams to you know with who you're throwing in the circle. Um, so Cambridge, Deerfield, and Monona Grove all graduated seniors that were like excellent. You know, first team all conference basically pitchers. Carly McKenzie with Monona Grove, uh, Morgan Mack with Deerfield, and Emma Nottestead with Cambridge. And it was one of the things when I was putting together like the previews, I was like, you know, hey, you know, obviously that's gonna be a tough task losing them. Uh, but, you know, they still got all these offensive weapons and everything like that. It's still going to be a good year for them. And, you know, they've all gotten off to good starts. I would say Cambridge just uh, – they haven't played a whole lot because games have been canceled, but they've uh, picked up a win against Belleville, so they're 1-2. But Deerfield and Monona Grove, I think, are around, like, 500. Deerfield's over 500. Monona Grove's at 500 as we record uh, today. But, yeah, you definitely can notice, like, it's a, been a drop-off from, like, pitching. All, like, the mm -hmm. other, you know – pitchers that are going out there are definitely you know trying their best and they've had good moments uh i know Lindsay uh ritzma has thrown a couple of nice games for monona grove uh addison klein for deerfield and then Sevilla freeland uh has just gotten a couple starts so far but you definitely have noticed like going from basically a couple all district pitchers you know to having to put someone out there newly i've been seeing the yeah. drop off so far they've definitely it's been fun though they've put up a bunch of runs though so like every game it seems like for all these teams yeah. has been like you know 12 to 8 or you know 14 to 12 or whatnot but it definitely it's one of those things that like if they can figure out their pitching they're going to be pretty good but i've just been noticing like how good some of these pitchers were and like mm -hmm. how they've kept them in every game like literally that would be like 
what uh, Dean Freeland, head coach of uh, Cambridge softball, would say, like, you know, Emma kept us mm-hmm. in every game, and now you're seeing, like, yeah. ah, big, big oh, swing. Oh, yeah. And it was, it's interesting, too, with Lodi because uh, um, Vivian Belt and Scardo were freshmen last year, and they were kind of thrown to the wolves last year, and now all of a sudden they've got another freshman coming <laughs> in. So <laughs> they've got three the young future. pitchers they're really building there. So could be interesting for Lodi softball. And, 100, and also, too, like uh, – I, I remember with like McFarland softball, where it was like my first year, like covering them back in 2021. Uh, they were had a bunch of sophomores, and one of them was Bryn Beery, who you know, uh, pitcher who's now going to lacrosse, uh, but she's a senior right now. And it's like you'll you'll start seeing them like they start figured out. And Beery Beery got rocked a couple times as a sophomore, but then like as a junior, they'll figure it out. And even as a senior, uh, you know, get rocked a couple times, but that is definitely figured out. So. It would be fun, especially with Lodi. They got some young kids, like the building blocks are going to make that very fun to keep an eye on. All right, well, that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of the Cap City Sports Cast. Definitely check out all our stuff online, and definitely check out that thing that Ryan did about the story about the wheelchair. I'm going to have to go on my laptop. I might even have to sign... Uh, pay myself to you know uh, read that one but definitely go check out that one and yeah definitely check out all our other stuff because the podcast is cool it's free and everything like that but you know we still gotta pay the bills yeah 100 percent. you want to keep newspapers in business uh, you gotta pay to keep them in business so we appreciate everyone who is paying uh and yeah uh, we'll see you guys next time thank you